Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And hopefully you have been digging on everything that we've been putting out. Today we got something super special going on. We drove across the city. We're hanging out today in Muse Spa. You know what? I think I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to step aside a little bit, let Amanda introduce herself. And Amanda, you can uh, talk to our audience about who our special guest is. Today. Actually, we're guests here. Yeah, <laughs> You're yeah, not our guest. <laughs> so yeah, thank you for having us here. Uh, everyone, it's Amanda, registered massage therapist in Toronto as well. And as Mark said, we drove across the city, um, which it, this part of the city feels like a whole other country to me. I don't, I'm an East Ender. I don't even understand where I am right now. <laughs> but we came all the way here to Muse Massage Spa. If you've been listening to the series we've been doing, we've been talking about... Um, licensed body rub parlors and holistic centers and registered massage therapy and just trying to get an understanding of all of these different things that exist and talk about something that I think that uh, sometimes is a little bit of a touchy subject for, especially for RMTs Mm -hmm. um, or women, women get very touchy around this subject, but we just wanted to understand. Yeah, dudes are always cool with this subject. Yeah, dudes are fine. (laughs) It's, uh, yeah, women get a little bit uncomfortable and I'm not even going to lie, Emily, on the way here, I was like, I don't know why I suddenly feel nervous. (laughs) I feel nervous about going in here. Um, But actually you got a pretty nice place here. We're sitting in Emily's office. So I'm, I'm going to leave it to her. This is uh, Emily, the only owner of Muse Massage Spa, and uh, yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Welcome, guys. Glad you're here. <laughs> Thanks I'm glad you like the place. Um, so a bit about me. I have been in this industry for coming on 17 years now. Um, I worked as an attendant in the holistic sector of the business for about eight years, um, and Muse is on its nine and a half year mark next month. Right on. So things are great here. We have two locations, uh, one in Toronto and one in Vaughan. Um, and we are both, uh, both spas are licensed body rub parlors. So for me personally, that was a switch from holistic. Um, and now I have a lot more experience and insight into both sides of that argument. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, it's been really eye opening for me to learn about the different parts of the industry. And as I said, this all came about as being a female RMT, we sometimes get mm-hmm. clients who come in and they'll say things like, so what else do you do? What other <laughs> services do you offer? Classic. And uh, I think it's really interesting that, you know, after all the clinical questions I put them through, mm-hmm. they still don't realize that uh, <laughs> this is as far as we're going here. You know, me and my <laughs> yoga pants and baggy t-shirt, this is as far as this is going. Um, you say you started out in the holistic center. Mm-hmm. So, how did you get into this? Tell me about that sector of everything. Um, I was in my 20 years, 20, 21 age. Um, and I was in need of some money and had a friend who told me that one of her best friends had worked in a parlor and kind of reiterated, you don't have to have sex with people. It's pretty easy. The money's really good. And after chickening out of a few interviews, I finally went in. And the girl I met was lovely and we became fast friends. If it wasn't for her, I probably would have ran for the hills. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, like you said, you know, your friend's saying you don't have to have sex with people. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we know there are some places who do... That was a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> who do Times have changed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the Holistic <laughs> Center you worked in, um, mm-hmm. what was it What was it like? Like, what kind of services did you guys offer? Um, at that time, it was in the depths of Scarborough. Um, My hometown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a notorious little place, actually. Um 
It was very, very simple and very bare bones. It was above a karaoke bar in a strip plaza. Um, the boss would sit in the kitchen and chain smoke all day. And there was two rooms and two girls. It was like a little apartment. Okay. Um, and it was probably to this day the busiest spa I've ever seen. Oh, really? really? Yeah. It's mind-blowing. Because uh, now we have these like super body rubs with like 14 rooms and four locations and all this. Mm-hmm. And it was a tiny little dump with two hot girls to choose from. And it slayed every day okay it was wild well you said it was a holistic center Mm -hmm. right so technically from what we've read in the bylaws now holistic centers were not allowed to offer body rub services was that correct the case then as well we offered lots of body rub services that's for sure um (laughs) but there was much more screening process than there is now um nowadays at body rubs or holistic spas you can come in and ask how much for this how much for that and people will quote you Mm -hmm. um i think it's a little brazen personally but I'm yeah. old school in that sense. Um, we used to give clients the third degree to make sure they weren't an undercover cop, which was a common thing. Right. Um, we had undercovers from both bylaw and police enforcement come in. Um, and the main thing that they wanted to catch you on was solicitation. So offering a sexual service for money. Right. Um, nowadays, it's it's very different, but uh, so has the demands um, through all sectors of the adult industry. Strippers no longer just dance. Um, escorts can no longer just see one client a day. Like it's become this volume um, and a real focus on what we call mileage, which is how much you can get with a girl in a session. Um, and back in my holistic days, they had three options, topless, nude, or nude diverse. I'll explain. Um, all we did was half hours. There was no such thing as long luxury sessions. Um, so it was a basic massage. If you wanted topless, it was 20 bucks. Girl was topless. You can grab a boob, but that's pretty much all that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Hand release for everybody. Um, and off they go. Nude, same idea, just completely naked. Nude reverse meant you actually reverse. So she would get on the table. He would give you a quote unquote massage. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> but that's where things like what we call body slides and all the foreplay and those kind of pressures came in. Right. A body slide is kind of a horizontal lap dance. Um, if I were to make a technical definition, which I'm sure Wikipedia hasn't done yet, um, <laughs> it's using your oiled up body to massage and release his oiled up body. So it's slip and slidey, right. feels awesome, very sexy, um, but it really opened the door to more mileage. And so um, in my day, it was very common for lots of touching. Some people kiss their clients. Some clients went down on you. Some would finger. Um, but I've always, I'd always worked in places that were very strict about what we call full service, which was sex and blowjobs. Right. Um, did it happen? Absolutely. Right. Um, was it was it ever spoken out loud? And in fact, it was kind of a thing where if you were feeling competitive about another girl, the best thing you could tell was like tell the boss she's sucking dick and she'd get in all kinds of trouble. Okay. Yeah, it was pretty strict. Nowadays, it's, yeah, it's willy-nilly. <laughs> it, it seems, yeah, it seems very just out in the open. Like, I'd, I would have expected it to be exactly what you're describing, yeah. where kind of people know it's happening, but it's very hush-hush. It was very hush. Whereas, as we talked about um, the other night when we were recording, Mark was walking into places and they would just right up front mm-hmm. show him a list of services. One girl had it on her phone. You know, you want this? $20 <laughs> extra, want this like it wasn't it wasn't talked about in the room it was uh, like right there as soon as you walked in the door and the number of people who said like you want full service okay mm-hmm. no problem we do that here yeah. like it wasn't behind closed doors it no. was just out in the open it's that has become the competitive point um is is how high up the mileage um kind of like ladder you can go um and from what i understand of friends of mine in 
other sectors of the industry too, the, the same pressures exist for escorts and for strippers as well. Like I said, strippers don't dance anymore. They make money in the VIP room right. Right. Um, and private dances aren't dancing anymore either. Um, escorts are now under pressure for bareback services, for anal sex is a common thing. Um, whereas that used to be good luck finding a girl into it. And if right. you can afford that, Woohoo, you know, but now it's it's common. Prices have dropped. Escorts make less money than um, use massage girls. Really? Yep. Oh my goodness. It's only ten buck difference, but the mileage is huge, if you ask me. This again, everything has just <laughs> been so mind blowing to me because people who who don't know anything about the adult industry, mm-hmm. or you know, maybe they do, but People don't, right. people don't normally just talk about it, which I'm going to talk to you about in a minute because okay. you're very open about this. Like as I've, you know, bef- leading up to this interview, I've been researching you and you're not mm-hmm. quiet about it at all. You want people to know this exists. And yep. as Mark said in our last two podcasts, there is a sex industry. And I think that nobody really knows exactly what's happening because my assumptions were always this is legal, this is illegal, but there's right. so much gray. There's so much gray. And even in, in individual categories, there are legitimate holistics out there. Right. There are body rub parlors. We're one that doesn't offer full service. Right. It exists. But all the rest of it, people hear the expression happy ending and everybody giggles, that uncomfortable mm-hmm. giggle. And that's about as far as the discussion goes. Well, exactly. As I said um, in our intro podcast, to mm-hmm. this, I said, we all jokingly call these places rub and touch. Right. Like that's just... I hate that expression, like, but I call it that too when I need to explain to somebody. <laughs> well, that's exactly what Mark says. Like, I don't even like saying it. I'm no. like, but nobody says like erotic massage. It's like, it's... Well, because all they're going to ask you after that is what does that mean? Right. <laughs> and I'm like, right. you know, rub, tug, done. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Um, so yeah, as I said, you haven't been quiet about no. it. Why, why do you, what makes you, you guys different at Muse? Like you guys seem to, you have a Facebook page, you have a mm-hmm. Twitter, like you're, you're We're active on all of it. Yeah, absolutely. That's been kind of our business, uh, MO from the very beginning when Riley and I decided, um, to put together our business plan and, and open a spa. It was based on a conversation we had had between my experiences and friends that have been in the business and all of that on if you can have a McDonald's, why can't you have a Ruth's Chris as well? So why can't we do a high-end version where it's not grimy, where right. the clients are not gross, where showers are mandatory, where all kinds of things that should seem like common sense really could exist? And what if the girls are treated better? What if they're given health insurance? What if they're given bonuses for a really great day? Like how, how will that change loyalty? How will that change their hard work and effort? client satisfaction. Mm -hmm. Um, We deal with a lot of mental health stuff with clients and why they're here. And nobody walks in the door because they're bored. That's for sure. They have a need that they really want. And so why can't we elevate that to the point where he doesn't have to feel embarrassed to walk in? Mm -hmm. Um, And, and so far it's been really great, but it, it caused a lot of waves in the industry for sure. Um, We had a lot of competitive attacks and all kinds of drama that happened in our first four years or so. And part of that process was how um, we kind of came out publicly and, and especially me, I'm, I'm very far more face forward than, than Riley. She's, she's behind what, the scenes. What kind of competitive attacks? Like, I don't know. Um, we first started um, under a holistic license. It was all we could afford to purchase at the time. Um, and we were very loud and very proud right away. Um, we, we were on the radio right away. We were at the everything to do with sex show right away. We've been at so many different like conferences and different podcasts and newspaper articles mm. and Toronto life interviews and all kinds of cool shit like that. Um, because we want to get the message out there that there is such a place that's cleaner, that couples can feel comfortable coming in. We even have some female clients that come in and they're comfortable here. Um, and I think that's quite telling 
If you see a couple walk in and she's not huddled in the corner, kind of like looking down and nervous, and Mm -hmm. she's like, hi, you know, I'm here for my appointment. I think that's pretty fantastic considering um, the industry and what it is. So that drew so much anger and and kind of fear, I guess, for people that have been in the industry as business owners for a long time. They'd been coasting along for 25 years, doing the same old, same old. And suddenly they had to now spend money on renovations. They had to establish social media presidents. Um, They had to look at different advertising options because Mm. we're wrapped on food trucks and we're, you know, co- promoing with different sex shops and all kinds of different things. We're all over the place. We sponsor teams. Like we do all kinds of cool <laughs> yeah, stuff. You guys have a, a whole marketing campaign. That we really is do. Unreal. Yeah. And so they sent law enforcement after us. They sent bylaw after us. Um, they sent newspaper reporters after us. They plastered on the internet, our identities and home addresses and family oh information. God. And oh my God. Yeah, I had to move a few times. The harassment was, was fierce. So how long did you guys operate under a holistic license before becoming a licensed body rub? Two years to the day. Okay. Yeah. And I, I will thank my competitors for that because we probably wouldn't have taken that plunge had they not kind of put us into that corner. Um, but we were so loud and so busy and, and doing so much at the time that... Um, Byla called us into their head office. We didn't know there was a secret head office until we had to go to the principal's office. <laughs> and, and like a two-foot stack of paperwork on us. And they were like, you guys have three months to get a body rub parlor. You shut down. Okay. So you, yeah, you were forced to do yeah. this. Yeah. We had no choice. This is um, very different than Mark's experience. Like when we walked in here, I, you were saying that couples feel comfortable here. Mm-hmm. Um, for anybody listening, like me walking in here as a female, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not even afraid to say, uh, coming here, as I said, I was nervous. Like, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't go in with Mark to these holistic centers <laughs> last week. I sent him in on his own. You missed I, the show. <laughs> I sent him in on his own because I honestly didn't think that they would be receptive to a female. In a regular holistic like that, I feel they would be standoffish with you. They and would think, they would probably you quote you things like uh, hot stone massage prices. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They would automatically think there's something to it or she's trying to investigate if her husband was here or, or some yeah. <laughs> connector like that where we're just going to look at you funny and bullshit you the whole time. Right. And yeah. so walking in here for anyone listening, uh, we walked in, it was the same idea as Mark experienced with the holistics where you walk in, you have to ring the bell, you know, mm-hmm. it's not just walk into a reception desk, but the woman who answered the door was not wearing uh, nope. lingerie. Uh, <laughs> she actually looked quite professional, quite friendly. She welcomed us both. She let us in and you walk into this place that's not, it's not dark. It's nope. not dingy. It's very brightly lit, very mm-hmm. nicely renovated. There's a, a nice reception desk. Like it was nothing that I love Mark that. described last week. It, I love like that. it was nothing that I would have expected walking in here. You know what? I felt there was no reason for us to do what everyone else is doing. There's already plenty of that. Mm-hmm. It is not hard in this city to find a rub and tuck if you want to. There's Apparently thousands. it really isn't. <laughs> yeah. It's it's crazy. Yeah. It's really crazy. Most people don't even know half of them. Um, heck, law enforcement doesn't even know about half of them. Yeah. Well, Let alone do they expect that. And I find actually the reaction from law enforcement is one of my favorite things when they come in to do a visit or a license check. Um, bylaw is a much smaller team. We know all the guys and gals from them. So if they come by, they're a bit familiar. They know Riley and I quite well. Mm-hmm. We do good business with them. Um, but police can come from any any division, anywhere. And the look when they start looking around is just priceless. They're like expecting, where's the crazy? Where are you hiding like right. all the mayhem? And like, come on in, walk through. No so when you say a license check, what are, what's a license check? Um, we get, I would say on, there's no set schedule, but I'd say on average, probably six to 10 visits per year. 
um, and that can be between both bylaw and uh, police enforcement. Um, when they come in, they're definitely looking for different things based on where they're they're coming from. Um, <clears throat> bylaw check. Um, attendant licenses. All our girls are licensed. They check all the managers. That was the manager, Liliana, who okay. greeted you at the door. <laughs> um, they check our license on the wall. They walk through and check all the building and health codes. All of the things that are listed on our bylaws that need to be checkmarked. Right. Okay. Um, it's at random. And generally the rule of thumb, because we have several rub and tug neighbors as well, is if they check one, they check us all. Right. So that they can't target or be accused of targeting. Um, now, when um, police enforcement come, they're looking for criminal activity. So they're also checking licenses, but they're looking for the unlicensed girls. They're looking for the underage type situations. They're right. looking for drug use. They're looking for any of those kind of pimping issues and all those kind of things that are definitely part of this industry, mm-hmm. whether we like it we did, yeah, or not. We did speak about that, yeah. about uh, probably part of the reason that a lot of these unlaced or these holistic places that aren't supposed to be offering body rub services, part mm-hmm. of the reason that they're probably getting away with it kind of openly is that as long as there's no like trafficking or mm-hmm. exploitation, like as long as nothing illegal to that extent where somebody's in danger is happening, mm-hmm. It seems really low priority, I guess. In in premise, yes. Um, that said, they go through phases, as do we as body rub owners. We try to fight the holistic concept mm-hmm. um, through like city proceedings often. Um, spent way more money on lobbyists than I care to. Um, but that said, there is definitely problems on both sides of it. It's not just mm-hmm. holistics at all. There are some owners of body rub parlors that are a lot of trouble, but they encourage those kind of things. Okay. Um, I'm not going to name any, but I could literally write a list of the ones that are avid drug users um, that are probably the ones who brought the drugs into the parlor to begin with. Right. Um, they probably make just as much money off that as they do the the services. Right. Um, I even know a body rub owner who's been in jail twice for underage girls and somehow has four body rub licenses. I See, that I don't understand. <laughs> you know, that was one thing we talked about is if you're going to go through all the hoops mm-hmm. and become a licensed body rub spot, why would it's you a risk? risk yeah. I mean, it's really not cheap. It's really not it's cheap. Really not it's really, cheap. really not cheap. And that was part of our heart attack when we got that three-month timeline. Mm-hmm. We were new business owners. We weren't in the red yet at all. And um, to buy, there's only 25 licensed right. parlors in Toronto, and they're all grandfathered. Um, so to buy one, you're buying someone's existing business. And most of the time when you price a business, that's at least two years worth of revenue. Right. Um, so parlors sell from like half a million to a million five, depending. And and we had three months to do so. Oh, wow. <laughs> that, yeah, that's terrifying. It's it good times. There were a lot of tears. <laughs> like blood, sweat and tears was legit. Yeah. 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 It was devastating. Why did you want to, I mean, we know why you want to get into this. Mm-hmm. And then, as you said, if you can own a McDonald's, you can own a Ruth's Chris. So mm-hmm. you wanted to, you know, do the more high end thing. When you got this three month notice, was there ever a part of you that was like, fuck it, I can't do this? Not for a New York minute. Why? Why? Um, I mean, finding the money was less than a prayer, but at the same time, we, we know our stuff and we knew that there was a demand for this in the mm-hmm. industry. Um, having worked in it for so long, I've seen girls succeed through it. I've seen girls get stuck in it. I've seen some destroy their lives. So why not offer people an opportunity to at least try to get in and out successfully. I saw that somewhere. I think maybe on your social media. Mm-hmm. I'm um, all about it. It, would, it would, was the saying, like, get in, get out. Get in, make your money, and leave. And I don't leave. ever want to see you again, technically. Right. I mean, I love when alumni come back to say hello, and they do. If they're by, nearby, they'll pop in for lunch or something, mm-hmm. and that's great. Um, but if you're really 
everyone has an outside life of this. So if you're really focused on becoming a teacher or being an entrepreneur or, you know, finishing law school, technically I should never see you again when you're done. Pay for your school, get the hell out of here and have a nice life. So then (laughs) two things. How do you find your attendants? Do they find yeah. you or do you find them? Uh, a bit of both. Word of mouth definitely brings some referrals. Girls will bring in a friend or if someone joins us from another parlor, sometimes they, they bring someone with them or, or a couple weeks later, their friend wants to try it. Um, but it's, it's, a lot of, um, it's a lot of having to recruit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I've seen some yeah. of the recruiting, you know, yeah. like, and that was actually my question is, do you feel that most people come to you and want to work here um, just to, as you said, just make some money because this is like, yes. this is, yeah, there's that was good the money second in this. Part. Nobody like, comes in because the they're bored and horny to work here, to be honest. Right. And that's, I would And they might be, but that's thing. not why they're here. Yeah. <laughs> I would assume it's, it's a money thing. because Everyone comes in with a huge, either financial strain or a huge financial goal. Um, and almost disbelief that this could actually help. Um, even back in my day with those lower increments of services and stuff, you could easily walk out with 1500 bucks. It's a right. lot of topless sessions. But right. <laughs> at the end of the day, clients tip above that. And, and I worked for a boss, even though it was in a ghetto little spot, it was properly run. He was the one that instilled in me kind of procedure and process, mm-hmm. um, how to screen people, how to deal with an irate client. All those kind of things um, were taught to me from him, which I, I adore him for. Um, and it kind of shifted how I view how I should be taking care of my staff. That's, uh, yeah, this is sort of a touchy subject, but mm-hmm. um, because you're so open about everything. Ask me anything. <laughs> how, I mean, two things. One, um, like, how do you make sure that all of the girls that work for you, how do you make sure that they are safe? Like, what are the, the procedures here to make sure that there's not going to be a guy that In gets terms of day-to-day aggressive? operations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, this is a constant battle we have um, with bylaw and not bylaw enforcement officers, but like the head office people who write the bylaws or who mm-hmm. are able to put something in, like, in front of city council and things like that. Um, we, d- we have to do certain things that actually break some of the codes because our bylaws were written in the eighties and now we live in a digital age. So technically um, we've received a ticket for not having paper records. And I'm like, but it's all in QuickBooks. Right. <laughs> right, right. To me, that makes common sense. And they're like, no, it has to be pen and paper. And I'm like, you want, you want me to sit and write out a year's worth of what? Like client forms and appointment sheets and mm-hmm. all this madness. Mm-hmm. Um, technically we're not allowed to have camera surveillance, which is outrageous to me. You can go to the gap and they have, camera right, surveillance right. now. Um, I would have thought that th- it should, should be mandatory yeah. if anything, because of the environment we're in, because of the late hours, because of all of that context. Um, so we don't have any surveillance in the rooms, in the massage treatment rooms, that's private space, but all the common areas have cameras. Okay. Um, so we're lucky because we formatted our business, how we do, and we advertise how we do. We tend to not attract a very riffraffy type client, right? As well as the mileage restrictions, we don't do any full service here, so that also deters certain. And you clientele. guys are like upfront about <clears throat> that, right? Like people Absolutely. know when they come in what to expect. This is what you can mm-hmm. do. This is what you can't do. Our reputation is pretty solid on that. I mean, I'm not going to lie and think that every guy walks in thinking he doesn't have a hope. I think they all have a hope. That's probably yeah. the RMT factor. Is like the golden pot is the RMT that will like <laughs> break code and just touch my balls. Yeah. yeah. Like it's yeah. a big deal. Right. Um, the Holy Grail. You guys are the Holy Grail. You don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because people ask me all the time, so like, <laughs> why bother with a topless session? Or like, why do clients come in here if they really do have sore muscles and you're not going to do anything with my long fingernails and all this other shit? And I'm like, because it's the hunt. The hunt is so addictive. And that's how our mileage increased too, is because clients hunting and wanting and grazing balls became touch my dick and touch my dick became stroke my dick and stroke my dick. Let me see a titty. And like, it just kind of evolved from there. And now we're in the mileage scene that we're in. It's crazy. (laughs) This is, like I said, this is all like so new to me, but I mean, it is, but it isn't. Like I said at the beginning, it's people know that this exists. Mm -hmm. People all over the world. It's just that nobody really talks about it. It's not out in the open, but as I said, you do. We are. are open about it. And I love these kind of discussions because it educates people that either would turn kind of a scoffed eye at it or more open-minded to trying it if they've never tried it before. And I think that's always super fun. I love newbies. (laughs) (laughs) So you do get women in here, you said? We do. Um, It's definitely few and far between. Our couples business is fantastic now. Um, It's taken years to build because, again, it wasn't a common out there kind of thing. Um, But we would do events at swingers clubs and we joined forces with Aren't We Naughty and we did things with Come As You Are and all those different things together. Um, and it really brought forth the everything to do with sex show brings forth a lot of curious couples. Um, even if they're already in the swinger scene, chances are they've never tried something like this. And as extreme as things like that can be, sometimes it's good to go back to basics and something as simple as focusing on foreplay. If you guys have been swinging for five years, you kind of forget about the small details. So they come in for anniversaries, for Valentine's Day. It's my husband's birthday. We got to treat him special. All those kind of things. And it blows my mind how comfortable they are. Mm-hmm. I was we have repeat yeah, clients that are is, couples. This is interesting. Like it's, It sounds more like couples therapy versus like the jealous wife being Listen, like... Listen, the uh, naked stuff is 10%. The therapy is all the rest. <laughs> The stories we hear from customers are definitely things they are not telling anyone else. They're not telling their buddy at work. They're not telling their best friend. They're definitely not telling the wife. Like they have no outlet. And so people are stripped down here, not just physically, but emotionally as well. We hear a lot of stuff. It can be heavy. It can be very heavy sometimes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, there's something we have in common. (laughs) When we were... Absolutely. (laughs) Right? Hairdressers, personal trainers. Just talk walk the treadmill. <laughs> well, when we were setting this interview up, I know that uh, one thing you had said was you're very surprised that registered therapists wanted to come and talk to you. Yeah. At first I thought it was going to be page. a contentious conversation. I was like, but why, what are you going to do to me? <laughs> it, there's your training with the 20 questions, right? Um, no. And the thing is we weren't looking to be confrontational at all. As I, love I it. said, I think that um, there's room for all different types of businesses. Um, part of this started, as I said, because we feel like um, there are places where you can go and get this. Leave us alone. I completely agree with you, actually. Alone. I completely yeah. agree with that. And it's funny because we still hear questions or get emails once in a while from a client, you know, asking if they can claim it on their insurance and all those kind of right. things. And it makes me always think of you guys and be like, man, you guys guys get like the opposite dumb questions because no, no, insurance is not going to pay for your hand job. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> you, it's not. It's not a live or die situation. You don't call nine one one if it doesn't happen. 
same right. answer if someone's like, but, but why don't you suck dick? Well, because you're not going to die of it. You'll be fine. Like yeah. it, it'll all be fine. So I could only imagine the maneuvers of the body and like the boners and the pitching of tents and the oops, my balls fell out from under the sheet and the lifting of their bums and all the little moans and all the shit that they do. The hands <laughs> wandering. I can, I can picture the whole scene. <laughs> well, I have been extremely lucky in eight years. I haven't had anything aggressive. I mean, oh, that's the good. boners and things that, that, that has happened. That's fine. It's what you do with the boner. Right. I mean, I can, <laughs> I obviously have to ignore walking it and around carry the world. on. Ignore it and carry on. Um, but yeah, we've had guests on our podcast, like registered therapists, female therapists mm-hmm. who have had horrible um, stories about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You mean guys pulling them on top of them, mm-hmm. you know, grabbing their hands and putting it right on their junk, like just stuff mm-hmm. that. You know, we're like, no, 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 we don't do that. And it's just, it's so crazy. I don't think even an escort would enjoy that though. There's a fine line between sexual assault and consensual activity. Well, and that was why I asked, like, how do Mm -hmm. you ensure that the clients aren't getting a little bit too, I mean, I guess you can't really ensure it. I definitely, I'm not eyes on the wall. I can't watch what's going on. But at the same time, um, there's safety procedures for everything. I mean, we do attract a good client. So I can only think of less than a handful of times in nine years we've had to actually physically eject somebody or call enforcement for something. Um, I mean, for us, name of the game is less cops, the better, but it's a different, it's a different kind of set of cops that come if the ladies have been assaulted or anything like that. So there's definitely procedures. Um, Our walls are soundproofed, but our ceilings and our doors are not. So if someone screams, we can hear them, but you shouldn't hear too much of the, the chit chat and stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, you hear some spanking sounds and shit. (laughs) (laughs) Some orgasms happening, but we try to minimize it because it can be distracting. Right. especially the girl in the next room. Um, but in general, if if ever a girl feels uncomfortable, she is given not just permission, but it, I, I insist that she walk out the room, um, grab the manager, grab one of the other girls. The manager's uh, kind of a, a buffer in between where she will talk to the client and say, I'm sorry, sir, your behavior, blah, 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 blah. You have to leave. Um, and she will monitor that process so the girl doesn't have to go back in with the customer. Um but I also, we train our girls and I also teach them how to deal with on the spot situations in a right. session. Um, by the time you you scream and come out of a room, something could have already happened. And I feel there are always ways to avoid those kind of problems. Um, in my day, I had a few um, very aggressive clients that mm-hmm. um, because of the setup and how kind of unformal it was, you almost had to grin and bear, which which definitely made for a hard day. Mm-hmm. Um but that said, I, I remember busting to rooms when, when a friend was screaming bloody murder and I'd be the first one to eject the fellow myself. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> we should probably talk about the bylaws. That was something yeah. that was a little bit unclear to us. So um, you had you'd mentioned off mic that mm-hmm. the bylaws aren't really written very tight. There's a lot of loopholes. A lot of loopholes. Um, so the difference, the, the two licenses are Body Rub Parlors or Holistic Health Center. And the city has a problem on its hands because when they issued holistic licenses, they left a lot of gaps and loopholes and just blank empty spaces, not enough fine print. Mm-hmm. And originally they instilled those as a way to kind of police and manage Body Rub Parlors that were opening unlicensed. And some of those were kind of a different sector not wanting to invest so much money in their operation. They were kind of low budget mom and pop type little shops is where does that sound to say out loud? <laughs> Going to see dad at the rubber tug. See you later. <laughs> but it, it was kind of, 
their thinking was, well, if there's people that actually want to do massage services that aren't RMTs and don't want to be a body rub parlor, there has to be a middle ground. Right. So technically, right. they're supposed to deal with Reiki, Shiatsu, Hot Stone, Aromatherapy, right. which is still therapy, but just not what you guys do in, in a medical sense or, right. or that kind of technical sense. Um what they didn't think through was all of those people that were already breaking rules being unlicensed are definitely going to come in and break rules under exactly. this license. Right. And for a thousand bucks, that's an easy risk to take. Yeah. They were, they were racking in money. So what's a thousand bucks to just wing it, pay a lawyer. He can delay a bunch of times on tickets and away you go. Or mm -hmm. if they get called out on their, on their shit and got charged in, in ticket court, um, they can transfer it to their husband's name and start all over again. And it's it's super easy for them. Um, there are not enough restrictions about attire, hours of operation, um, and and specifying specifically what is not allowed. Right. I mean, holistic bylaws technically say that you have to wear opaque clothing, which takes away from lace and lingerie. Mm -hmm. um, you're supposed to have your navel covered, which... I th I'm sorry, you can still dress pretty skanky <laughs> with your belly button covered. Uh, but I mean, that wasn't even the experience Teddy, you done. had anyway. I mean, you, yeah. he walked into places where the the attendants were in thongs. Just full lingerie. Bar, so I mean... A lot of our girls walk around like that. It's not my favorite. I mean, they look smoking hot. I would never say no to it. Um, I'm just, I'm old school that way. I'm team dress all the time. I think looking like you're going clubbing is just as hot. <laughs> and he can pay to see all the rest as far as I'm concerned. Right. Um, but however they're comfortable, that's fine. In a holistic, I never would. Um, in fact, my first boss was so paranoid that there was an entire two-year term I was there where we had to wear scrubs. Oh, wow. It's the unsexiest so two years of my life. <laughs> Rolling very, them with heels on <laughs> and belts all of a sudden. Anything we could figure out to try and make it work. But it was because law enforcement was going through a real focus on attire at the time. Okay. They come up with themes. <laughs> Every once in a while. So that what other what other rules do holistic centers have then? Um, differing from us, they don't need a manager. Um, we require a manager on desk at all times. Um, managers are, are registered and licensed with the city. Um, holistics do not need that at all. Holistics don't have rules about having shower facilities. Um, even their bathrooms. And to be they're not supposed to be doing anything like that requires. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so it's a lot of weird weird stuff like that that not only makes it more difficult for police or or bylaw enforcement to to police it um it, it gives people just way too much leeway and then really steps on on our toes and also leaves things very vulnerable and unsafe if you ask me we're not allowed both both uh licenses are not allowed to lock our front door for example the, the ringing the doorbell is old school. When there was just unlicensed and holistics, we'd lock the door and take the ticket. Um, right. Nowadays, that's one of the highest tickets you can have. So we don't, we don't risk it. But that means technically, you don't want to ring a doorbell, you can walk right in. And in my day, we didn't have a manager. So that meant all the girls are busy in session in the rooms and a stranger can just waltz on in the business. Yeah, that's pretty... Very unsafe. risky. You know, like as we're talking about the fact that we get people that are fairly aggressive, mm -hmm. I can only imagine what potentially could take place, maybe not in a place like this. As you said, you guys attract a different type of higher yeah. end client, but in one of the holistics that, you know, Mark walked into mm -hmm. in East Scarborough, well, mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know how safe I'd feel in there. Oh yeah. There are she some was there ones by in herself. Yeah. Oh yeah. The one place you yeah. went to, she yeah. was alone. So what do you do? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's a little more thick skinned than I would have chosen for myself. That's for sure. I don't like having to know how to handle a situation like that. Um, it, it's just, 
I mean, who wants to know those kind of things? How do you get in and out of something if you're all by yourself and you have to pretend that someone else is in another room or right. and try to maneuver through those situations? Um, it's very nerve wracking. And when I started in the business, I was a deer in headlights, small town girl, mm-hmm. no clue about the big city, never taken the bus before. Like it was a lot of Where you <laughs> culture from? shock. I grew up in Thornhill when it was farmland. Right, right. <laughs> small town girl. My neighbors bailed hay. Like literally <laughs> we were the first subdivision in all of Thornhill. Now Thornhill's a full city. Yeah, yeah. Times yeah. have changed. But yeah, I had no clue what was going on. I was just like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, it must have been a huge shock so, to you. Yeah, a bad out. day in a parlor is a really bad day. Mm-hmm. A, a good day is phenomenal means you probably had a few orgasms. You're walking out with at least a thousand bucks in your pocket. But a bad day means we all had to stop for something. Yeah. It takes wow. a lot of self-care and, and taking care of each other. So is this a, a lifelong business for you? Um, I don't see an end in sight anytime soon. That's for sure. Um, I enjoy it quite a bit. Um, it's an industry I believe in. Um, I've even at times been involved in federal uh, prostitution law changes and all kinds of different aspects like that. Um, I'm a big believer in sex worker rights. Yeah, that was one of the things that we were talking about on the mm-hmm. way over here. We're like, is this a money thing for her or is there such a bigger picture well, to it? that's what I wanted to know really. Definitely is. here to make money. Yeah, that's I for sure. Well, yeah, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's money, definitely part of the mix. Money is a driving force for when it comes to business. I mean, even with massage therapists, sure, yeah. I can say I want to help people. Of course I do, but right. I also want to make money. Absolutely. And you want to make money, but... <laughs> The fact that you have been so open and out there with what you do and you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're not ashamed of anything you do and you try to recruit people who want to come in and mm-hmm. make money and is there, is there an agenda behind all this? Is there some sort of, you know, like we were talking about on our uh, recording the other night, the <laughs> feminists who believe that, you know, it's our, it's our fucking right if we want to walk around in our underwear and do this and do Like, is there that <laughs> deeper thing for you or is it just, this is a really um, great business? It's a great business and, and money is always a factor. Um, nobody goes into this to not make money. It's mm-hmm. just too consuming and most people don't want to be public. So to them, it's very risky. Right. I don't feel that risk because I'm out, my family knows, everybody knows. They're all proud of me. It, it works just fine. Um, but there's definitely a combination of ego, uh, wanting to help the ladies and feeling like there could be better options. Mm-hmm. Um, and a little bit of notoriety. It's just kind of cool. I, I kind of, I don't know. I enjoy it. I'm not, I'm probably the most pro-man feminist you'll ever find because my experiences and studying like sexology has been mostly through the male perspective based on this business. Um, mm-hmm. It's not very often I get opportunity to sit with women, married women, talk about their sexless marriage or their woes or the last time they got a blowjob. I mean, that conversation doesn't come up. Mm-hmm. I, I'm very exposed, almost overexposed to the male side of things. Um, and as much as I find this whole muse concept or, or the concept of any aspect of the, the adult sex industry to be empowering, um, I think there's a fine line between your, when, when you're a bitter stripper and you hate men versus like girl power. And it's because of these amazing people. I'm definitely pro men. Yeah. I take an odd, odd approach. I think you would have to be pro men <laughs> to do what you do though. Cause I mean, if, yeah, yeah, how can you run a place like this and tell people this is an awesome place to work if you actually hate your clients? Absolutely. You, you can't. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm lucky. I've had great clients. Many of them still come here. Um, which I love to see. Well, just 
quickly. Be like, okay, Bob, gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> the flashbacks come back real quick. Um, but I love their support. I love how loyal they are. I love how interested they are. They always want to chit chat with us and be like, what's new in Muse land? And what's, what's the latest thing? And who's the newest girl? And they're all up in the mix. You can see it by our Twitter feed. And in fact, our guys are pretty awesome. Um, but some of the hardest, most heartbreaking stories and lessons I've ever learned in my life have been through clients. Mm-hmm. Um, very particular ones like that stand out in my mind that will end up in my book one day. Mm. <laughs> yeah. They change your perspective. It's really difficult to listen to someone who's in their mid fifties that's been married for 45 years and hasn't slept in the same bedroom as their partner in 15 years or doesn't remember the last time someone said, I love you or anything just gets insulted, made fun of, humiliated throughout the day, treated like shit at work, comes home and the kids are screaming, the wife's pissed off and like they don't get a minute of peace. Um, I think the digital age has made jealousy expand a lot too. So there's, you're dealing with the wife going through your phone or the only place you're safe to masturbate is in the shower in the morning. Mm-hmm. And it's in two and a half seconds because the kids are banging on the door. And if she finds a tissue in the garbage, she's like the FBI and she's going to lose her fucking mind. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, you wonder why he comes here and he asks for blowjobs in full service. Like, I tell I'm the girls sure all the time. there's going to be a lot of women listening. I'm playing devil's advocate for you. There's going to be a lot mm-hmm. of women listening who are saying, like what about the poor <laughs> wife? You know, like, mm-hmm. in, in, why is the outlet for a man to go and get sexual stimulation in whatever way versus dealing with the issues with the wife? So, like, you're seeing the other side of it, right? <laughs> like, the, the man. I can devil's advocate because yeah. I am a female. I get it. I've been in a sexless relationship myself once. Um, for eight years and it almost killed me. So I, I definitely know what it's like on both sides. As a general rule, I blame women as a whole, not individual relationships, but as a whole for starting that snowball rolling because too often sex is used for discipline and punishment or a reward system. And I don't believe in marrying someone you have to parent. I don't think that's the way to go about it. Mm-hmm. And the first way to crush a man's ego and 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 confidence in himself is to scold him for his needs and desires, to um, belittle or emasculate him for being open with you about something. Mm -hmm. Um, Our most loyal clients here are actually fetish clients because to them, this is the safest space they've found in their life. Um, And all too many women, if you forget the dry cleaning, then you're not getting laid this week or you're on the couch at this time. And they don't understand the long-term fracture that causes does it's that so, still exist? It's so drastic. I get this is all like, does that still exist? I mean, I am married and I don't think Give ever, him lots of blowjobs. That's my best <laughs> advice. <laughs> well, he's going to love you. Yay! Um, I don't think ever in the 10 years that I've been with my husband, I don't think ever have I used sex as a reward or a punishment. But is that common? It's extremely common. I joke with the staff, especially when I'm training a new girl sometimes, that I wish Oprah still had her show because I'd want to be on the panel when we talk about the biggest epidemics in modern day marriage. And living like roommates to me is 70%. It's frightening and depressing. That that I can agree with. I mean, I know I have a lot. I mean, clients, as I said, they tell mm-hmm. me everything. I have friends. Everything. I have all kinds of people that go through it. Yeah. yeah, every, it seems like a lot of couples, especially in that stage that you're talking about with the little kids mm-hmm. and, you know, they're working and they've got kids and this and that. You get busy and it's been five you years. Become, you become roommates. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. absolutely become roommates. So, but I guess 
the original question I was asking is I, whether it's the woman's fault, the man's fault, whoever's fault, do you think that it's okay for the man to come and get what he needs here? Hmm. I mean, obviously you do. Um, are, are some of these men open with their wives about coming here or is this all very hush hush? There's definitely both sides. Um, there are some, there's some that are very open, some where they've just established a situation where the wife doesn't care, which I think is even more far gone than being roommates. Cause now she doesn't give a shit what you do with your penis, Yeah, right. which means she's not planning on paying it any mind anytime soon. Um, that said, there are some freaky deaky couples that are like, honey, go to that place and we're going to fuck about it later. And that's their dirty talk and they love it. Um, the ones that come here though with issues, like they're the ones that are not telling their wives for sure. They're definitely not telling no, their wives because they've not. already been scolded. They've already been mm-hmm. disciplined. They've already had to deal with that like tornado. Yeah, I guess if the fetishes are the biggest clients. Obviously their wives are not down with the fetishes. It's just mind boggling to me how judgmental people can be though. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be your thing. Just like if I was married and my husband said I'm really into this, I don't have to be like, oh my God, grapes, my favorite flavor too. Like it doesn't have to go that way. But I remember a foot fetish client of mine telling me that um, he was laying on the couch, like sitting on the couch watching a movie with his wife. He's sitting down. She was laid out with her feet on his lap. He got a boner. She felt it. And it was the biggest fight they ever had because he's a fucking pervert. And what the fuck is wrong with you? And blah, 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 into this whole thing, mm-hmm. thinking now he's this like creepazoid that doesn't deserve any kind of love. And she won't touch him with a 10 foot pole now. And so his ego is smashed and he goes out into the world. Is he really going to be the best dad or the best husband or the best employee if he's feeling like that? And that's why I'm team blowjob because there's a direct relation between a penis and an ego with men. It's everything. A satisfied penis leads to a satisfied ego. And the alternative I think is very dangerous for men. There's a lot of men walking around out there who are absolutely miserable in their own self. And it's not because they think they're shit. It's because other people, including their favorite person, constantly tells them that they're shit. So here is like Canada's wonderland because we're like, Bob, oh my God, we love you. Do that again. That felt so good. And da, 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 da. Interesting. So and yeah. he leaves with a bigger ego. Therefore, happy penis. And that's what we do best. <laughs> it's like a commercial. <laughs> but I, I think it's true. I think it's very, very true. Have you ever had any... Uh, confrontations with women (laughs) working in holistics with no manager we were in charge of answering phones okay so every once in a while you'd catch a phone call of a wife who figured something out and either she's screaming or she's bawling her eyes out and it is so awkward and so uncomfortable and nine times out of ten i know exactly who she's talking about because i'm like he was here at 11 30 like shit um i've even dealt with a parent that, that found out about their daughter working and things like that um it's dramatic. It's intense. It's, it's heavy. Um, for the most part, I think, I think it's okay when you're at a certain point in your life and you're not about to make the decision to split up your marriage to come here. Do I think it's right? Especially the ones that are like, oh, I'm so happily married. No, I want to be a wife one day to a loyal man too. Don't we all? Right. Um, could it be worse? Absolutely. But you kind of have to pick your battles with that kind of stuff because it, it really could go a very different direction. And then, and then the judgment compounds kind of on top of that. And I think that's, that leads to even more dangerous situations. I think that leads to more uh, aggressive clients as well. Right. Because then the, the, the need is really there. And I remember a few clients of mine that were really tough to get through. It wasn't that they were mean people or like violent people. They were just so fucking excited that they didn't know they were grabbing you too hard because they were like, oh my God, it's happening. And like, it was the coolest thing to, when I finally learned that, I was like, I don't have to hate you anymore. But at the same time, it was like, okay, but you just simmer down. That's my nipple. Like, 
we can celebrate another way. <laughs> but it was actually a client that was very aggressive that taught me this. He'd been kicked out of many parlors for being aggressive. And he looked at me and he was like, Emily, I just get so excited. And I was like, that's what that was? Like, I never, I never would have been like, that's excitement. Don't mind Frank. Like, <laughs> I never would have thought that. I was like, this man's going to attack me. And, and it calmed him though. We ended up with a really great rapport where he didn't feel the need to be so urgent. Right. Because it wasn't, I promised I wasn't going to leave. I'm like, I'm not going to kick you out. So we don't have to be like, hold it before it's gone. Like it, it was such urgency that I was like, but chill, we have 45 minutes. Like, yeah. You can touch everything. Just chill. Like you don't have to grab it. Yeah. The buffet's not going to be closed. Like you can totally <laughs> relax. And he changed as a client. He's still regular here. Girls actually really like him, which I find ironic. <laughs> I used to dread my Thursday appointments with him. But he taught me a life lesson that was very valuable. It's, I can take it to any kind like, you know, you're in the mall and there's a bitchy cashier. I can think of that lesson and maybe she doesn't mean to be so snippy, right. you know, empathy's probably the best thing I learned in this. Wow. I'm learning all these things. right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, I, okay. So we talked about the bylaws. You own two spas, mm -hmm. one here in the city and one North of the city in, in Vaughan. Vaughan. Yeah. Um, what are the differences other than, I mean, mm. the prices are different for the license. Prices are different. Toronto's far more expensive. Um, Vaughn is, Vaughn's a funny place. When I was an, a young attendant, York Region was like the hub of red light district type stuff. Really? East Beaver Creek was full of rub and tugs. There was like three businesses and everything we else was rub and tugs. there. Right? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it's like we going were. down memory lane. Um, but then... Through their municipal mayors and, and how they license in the smaller cities, Markham, Richmond Hill, et cetera, they cleared everything out. And so there was even more demand uh, to own parlors in Toronto, which added to the growth of the holistic option um, and raised prices for people trying to buy body rub parlors. Um, and it's been over the past five or six years that things have slowly started to migrate north again. And Vaughn, I would say, is much more strict some of their bylaws are more lax, mm -hmm. but the actual enforcement of, they're not the guys you sit and have a joke with. They are very serious about their business. They love you if you check off the entire list and they can walk out with no issue. And so we try to be even more on point um, in Vaughn because we want them to feel comfortable coming to Muse and not feel like we're a problem business in their district. Um, and that's really on Riley and I because we have great rapport with enforcement. Mm -hmm. I think we're the only spa that sends full detailed reports to our lawyer. We call them the next day that whatever officer was in here to follow up if they had any questions, is there anything you need from me? Was there any concerns? Why were you in? I will ask them all those kind of questions. Um, whether they like the phone call or not, I don't really care. I'm just doing my due diligence, just <laughs> right. like you would, you know, if, if the liquor bureau was coming to check a club, you'd want to follow up and be like, what was the problem? Right. You know, so they end up with a lot of trust if ever they encounter girls that are in a dangerous situation, I've even had them referred through um, through law enforcement, through bylaw enforcement, through sexual health workers. Maggie sends us girls sometimes, which is one of the biggest sexual health um, uh, charities downtown that gives them housing and exit strategies and all that. Um, and that is probably the best compliment possible when someone on that level says, you know what, you'll be safe at Muse. You'll be in good hands. Yeah, I saw something on uh, one of your social media pages. Um, somebody had written 
or I guess somebody had, uh, I don't know if it was left you a note or talked to you mm -hmm. and said that, you know, initially he was kind of out to get you guys. He was mm -hmm. investigating to see like, what are you doing? And thought there was some dirty business going on here <laughs> and uh, ended up actually referring people to come work for you because mm -hmm. he was so impressed with the way that your staff are treated. And um, yeah, overall he was just thought, this I love is, that though. Yeah. That's such a great compliment, especially when it comes from business people like that. In our first two years, I remember we had um, someone who, who manages like Tim Hortons and uh, Shoeless Joe's franchising that really wanted to franchise us and we weren't on board, but it was a really fascinating meeting on how this person was interpreting um, what we were building. And it was, it was just boggling and kind of exciting to hear someone thinking that big about something that is technically so small. I mean, we think we're big. Mm -hmm. We walk around big britches everywhere. <laughs> but at the same time, it's, it's a rub and tug. It's got five rooms. It's it's a simple operation. Um, and the fact that he wanted to take it like Canada wide and da 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 And I was like, wow, research first. But like, you really think we could do that? Like I thought his faith was fantastic. It was very cool. I, you know what though? I, I can kind of get it because even just being here and listening to you talk and after everything that Mark experienced last week, <laughs> it there it would be nice if the industry could go a little more in the direction that you guys have taken it where the attendants do feel safe. They mm -hmm. do feel taken care of. Um, whether people want it to exist or not, there is a sex industry. It is going mm -hmm. to be here. Absolutely. And why not do it in the most professional, cleanest, most upfront way possible where you don't have to hide in a, in a dark room. You know, it can be out in the open. You can have a Twitter page, a Facebook page, mm -hmm. and, you know, people can know that come in, this is how you're going to be treated. And, uh, yeah, I think it would make, it would probably get rid of some of the jealousy from the wives. It that it's, would it's a in more some open. ways. I think it would be educational in many ways, but I think the biggest thing, if it all went that direction, is safety for sex workers would increase. Mm -hmm. um, that was my main point when I was um, dealing with the federal changes in, uh, oh God, now it's 2014 when, when federal changes under Stephen Harper was happening. And it was extremely stressful. I have friends in all sectors of the industry. I have clients that like to hobby in all sectors of the industry. And part of our whole premise of why can't it be better? Why can't it be nice? Why can't it be face forward? Um, takes away from that under the shadows kind of feeling. And I think the more criminalization happens between customer or worker, I think that drives it more underground, more mm -hmm. into the shadows. And that's when the sleaze has free reign. You know, if, if traffickers couldn't find places to pick up kids, they'd struggle in business. Right. And so I, I feel the same. Like, why is it okay for predators to be after streetwalkers because they're not allowed to work indoors? Or why can't we have camera surveillance? Or, or why can't someone hire an accountant and like run their business properly? Stormy Daniels is touring a bunch of strip clubs all over the country she certainly can have a lawyer and an accountant. Like, why can't she have a bodyguard? Why can't, you know, right. normal things that would make proper sense in terms of just day-to-day -day operations and especially for the shadier sides of the business, less dead women, period. Right. And that's a huge issue, especially out in the West Coast. Vancouver is really, really bad with disappearing prostitutes. And putting it in the shadows, it just, it sets you up like prey. It puts a beacon on your head for whoever's looking for that. Mm -hmm. Um. And there are, I mean, milder forms, but there are those type of predators in all industries. There's even some in yours, like where they're out to hunt for something. And that is the goal. Mm -hmm. And they don't like no. Who likes no? Nobody likes no. I don't have a penis because I would not like no. <laughs> <laughs> but in theory, 
I really, I worry about those kind of things because even in, in Toronto body rub parlors, the worst unsafe um, and more criminally based in terms of drug use and underage girls and unlicensed girls and all that happens in the ones that are very shadowy. Right. Yeah. Whereas if anyone even tried to pull that shit here, we'd make sure it's on the news. We would make sure that that person is held accountable. We would make sure of it because I'm not risking the, the, the good of my staff, let alone my business. And with that staff come first. Right. Uh, your test. staff get benefits, yes? You... The ones that want it, yeah. yeah. Especially if they're moms. I'm all about it. We put them on a group plan. Um, I have mortgage brokers for them, real estate agents, financial investors, all kinds of resources for them to be able to set up their life properly so I don't have to see them ever again. Wow. It's the best. I'm like, see you later. <laughs> You're financially set. Get out of my face. But that's how it should yeah. be. And that's my favorite things. I worked with a girl when I was in that little tiny junky place in Scarborough in my early days. Um, and I'll never forget Victoria as long as I live because she was the busiest attendant I've ever seen. Probably the most professional in terms of attire, how she'd conduct herself. She spoke like she was in a corporate office all the time. Um, she would be fully booked three weeks in advance for all three shifts of the week to the point she'd come in at seven in the morning and pre-write out her day and like her lunch and everything was in order and anyone fucked with that order, (laughs) her whole day would be all screwed up. But she was the kindest, sweetest person who also had a day job and she lived off her day job and banked her massage money. And she did that for three years and left with a million and a half in cash. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. And I never saw her again. And I wish every girl could be Victoria. That to me is like the holy grail. That's insane. Isn't it? That is Isn't insane. it though? Buy a cash house at 25? Like, that changes your life. Yeah, I definitely don't walk home <laughs> with uh, $1,500 after a day usually or, you know, a million and a half in cash It can be slippery years. though. That's why I like to give them financial resources because it's easy to go to Vegas on the weekend when you can come in and replace that money on Monday. Yeah, and as you said, like you want them to go away and not come back. Yeah, there, I don't want to see them addicted. I don't want get... them with a problem. I don't want yeah. them sticking their money up their nose. I don't want them doing any of that shit. This, you have this opportunity here. If you want that, go somewhere else where it's okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want it anywhere, but be well and off you go. Um, but the premise here is to build. I track their goals and all kinds of fun shit. <laughs> well, cool. Anything else you want to talk about? No, I'm, I'm thank you for all of this. No this problem. is, this was awesome. That's you so are so <laughs> thought out, you know, it's, it's, Thanks. it's, it's refreshing. Very cool. <laughs> Very cool. And I like your openness. I'm so glad that this went how it did, because like I said, I was nervous. I was, like, I was nervous. You guys don't like our clients very often when they're like, what else do you do? No, you know what? I don't th- I now being here, I don't think it's your clients that are our Excellent. problem. Excellent. I don't think it's your clients that are our problem. Yeah. It's the ones who think that, you know, we're we're fronting as our Absolutely. and we're doing other things behind the doors. They should know though. You don't need that much song and dance anymore. Well, and <laughs> that's the right the thing, spot. Now that I'm I'm realizing how <laughs> You just roll over and be like, hey, <laughs> and away they go. Well, now that I realize how open it is, I cannot for the life of me understand why anyone why? would come to a registered therapist, mm-hmm. go through the whole health history. Go through an orthopedic assessment. Why put yourself through that? The challenge. It, Men yeah. love the oh. challenge. I tell girls here, even if a client's asking for full service, there's absolutely no reason why you have to be like, no, we don't do that. Keep the dream alive. Make him come <laughs> in as much as he wants. But you're like, maybe one day, maybe next time, or oh, not today. I'm and just like, come on. Are you literally going to be like, no. <laughs> and yeah, it's the chase and the fantasy, right? It's, so like, you, you guys are literally the prize. That, that South Park episode. <laughs> South 
part. Haven't you seen the South Park episode when when they had that when Butters was in love with this girl who worked at Raisins? I honestly, oh yeah, I have not seen that. One. Oh, wait, I have actually. Okay. Welcome to Raisins. Welcome yeah. to Raisins. Oh my goodness, yeah, it's a real thing. I would feel like I scored if that would ever happen in a, in a regular like spa setting. I was actually in New Yorkville at a day spa. A client had set me up with a day there, and in the middle of my massage treatment, the girl jumped up on my back to like whatever, which I didn't know exists except in our industry. And I was like, oh my God, I'm about to get a body slide. (laughs) (laughs) My legs were opening with my feet on the side of the table and I'm like getting the the sheet down. I thought I scored the holy grail because I'm like, this is a real spa. This is not what I do. This is not me trying to like sucker my regular RMT into touching me in places. Like this bitch just jumped on my back. (laughs) And I was like, it's going down. And this was RMT. Um, Yeah, yeah. It was a full register. We are always supposed to have one foot on the floor. I thought that was the rule. (laughs) Because when body slides first came out, our rules matched that too. And so I knew a lot of very tall ladies that could keep one leg on the floor and one leg up here and pussy in his face. And he was happy. Pila was happy. Away you go. (laughs) (laughs) I'm five feet tall. That will never happen. (laughs) Yeah, I... uh, I, That's hilarious. All of this, all of this is so, so interesting. I... (laughs) Anyway. Is there anything else we want to wrap on? No, I think we're good. I think Emily kind of touched on everything that we were curious about. Yeah, this about. was awesome. Yeah. It really was. Thank you for having us no here. No problem. Thank you for coming, guys. Right on, right on. So, two massage therapists and a microphone hanging out at Muse Massage Spa in Toronto with Emily. This has been awesome. We're out. Peace. <laughs>